everyone. I'm here with Soren Robinson. Soren, welcome to the Ward family. And Soren, to get us started here, were you born here in the Bay Area or did life begin somewhere else for you? Life began on the East Coast in New Hampshire. I was born in Manchester. So you were out there and then that was also when your mom was in med school and things like that? Yep. We lived there for three and a half years before my dad went to California for intuitive surgical. So it seems like most of your kind of growing up memories would have been here in this area. And so as you were kind of growing up, what sorts of things were you into, like other certain subjects, sports, activities, you know, things like that? Well, I still feel like I'm growing up, so that's, it's all the same thing. Basketball, I like basketball. Piano, I started when I was five, so that's been pretty constant. My uh, parents loved to make sure that I do well in school, so whenever I was doing both sports and school, they made sure that I was a student athlete and not an athlete student. They made that distinction very clearly, so that was kind of like my growing up life was piano, any sport, usually basketball, and then school. I like Legos, Legos are good, Disney movies. And I just play out in the front yard a lot with my neighbors and with Brigham. In terms of growing up in the church, so I'm guessing you were baptized at eight. Yep. Um, as you were kind of leading up to getting baptized or, you know, kind of before or after, have there been certain spiritual experiences that were particularly important in terms of your testimony or your kind of early, earlier faith development? With my baptism, I don't really remember most of what was going on in front of it. I only really remember that I did get baptized twice because my hand was apparently sticking out of the water for one of them. And then the other thing, there's a few things that have happened, many of them really. One thing that my parents really encouraged was journal writing. And I do know for a fact that I'm probably the only child of theirs that actually does it. But a lot of my spiritual experiences are recorded in my journal, and I made sure to keep note of those, and I actually go back and look at them pretty often. Like a patriarchal blessing, when I was deciding to get a patriarchal blessing, all the things going on with that, lots of mentions of when I officially decided to go on a mission, it happened like five or six times. I was like, I'm officially going on a mission, and I wrote that down like six times, and I just kept forgetting. And on my mission, I actually got to look back at all the different times, and it was really, really cool. And you mentioned that it was really important to your parents that you be a student athlete, not an athlete student. How else would you describe their influence on you, or were there certain things that, you know, you kind of looked to them as an example on? I realized, mainly on my mission, how much they put God first, because I asked people missionaries or not what was your growing up experience like and then I would get a vastly different experience to mine much more casual and my, my parents were very much were dedicated to this this is what we live and breathe so I picked up on that I guess a lot more once I was removed from it even on a mission the other things that I picked up so my dad he's very compassionate he's very kind he likes to solve problems, and so he's really good for helping with math homework and things like that. But he also gives really good advice, because he just takes in the world, figures stuff out, and then he's able to give you solid things that he's learned, pretty well packaged up. 
My mom, very generous with everything, time, talents, abilities. If someone needs any type of medical assistance, she's always there and she likes to take on anyone that she sees that needs help in the ward or elsewhere. So she would tutor kids that aren't necessarily ours or we would have people stay at our house for extended amounts of time just because they needed a place to stay or anything and then she just keeps on going she gets things done and you mentioned you know kind of playing with brigham in the front yard and things like that how would you describe the influence that some of your other siblings kind of had on you or you know i don't know any favorite experiences that you had with your siblings well, each of my siblings is very different. In my mind, they all play a very specific role. Well, when I came back from my mission, my dad said something along the lines of, I'm really glad that you're back. It makes our family feel more complete. And so having all of us five together, it, it's very much a good balance where we're able to take and give with each other. Uh, in terms of the experiences that I have with them, we always like to sing while we do dishes after dinner. And we play lots of, yeah, music's a big, big part. We love to do a lot of stuff together. So that's really how we've been able to build our connections, is just doing things together. Although I've come to realize the importance of having an emotional connection. So I'm learning how to talk to them a little bit better. And opening up and being more personal and sharing things that I feel and that I see and vice versa. You mentioned, you know, the mission. You actually just recently got back from your mission. Did you go directly from high school into the mission, or did you do school in between? I went directly out. I was originally going to do one year at BYU for many reasons, but around February time, I decided, no, I'm actually going to go straight out after, as soon as I possibly can from high school, just go on a mission. And I feel like that's been a very big blessing in that I won't have an interrupted school schedule and I already had my midlife crisis of um, what am I going to do with my life and that was on my mission and I'm sure I'm going to have more of those but it's good to get at least one out of the way yeah everything just smoothly I wouldn't have appreciated school or the opportunity to go to college as much as I would right now so it gave me a greater perspective, life experience. I don't have to worry about being able to cook for myself or things like that. Because I was able to figure out all those other skills where I didn't have to feel the pressure of getting good grades and other things like that, making big decisions. A lot of people have probably heard you speak in church or you know, kind of know, but for anyone who kind of missed it, where did you serve your mission? I served in the England Leeds Mission. It's up north, farthest north uh, English mission and it's on the east side of the country mainly. So it covers Leeds being the biggest city and goes up to the Scotland border. Uh, but the main cities are like Newcastle and Sheffield and York. So that's where I was mainly at, that's where I served. After you got back and I was at your open house, I made this comment to you that you kind of left a teenager and I feel like you came back like this very wise, like 80 year old man yeah, he said, in the nicest way possible, you came back as an 80-year-old man. And that stuck with me. I was like, that's such a great compliment. I hope I can give that compliment to someone someday. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what, led, what, what led to this infusion of wisdom on your mission? Like, what kinds of either experiences did you have? Or, you know, how, how do you feel like the, the mission 
has kind of changed who you are or helped you grow as a person? Well, it's not necessarily just my mission that changed me. It's Jesus. He's the one who changes people, and he changed me. And the way that I got to know him really well, being a missionary, you can do that just by serving a mission, but I tried to take it a step further in starting my own personal revelation journal, my own prayer journal. And that began about seven months into my mission and has not stopped since. So every morning or night, sometimes both, I would just spend time with him just doing something, either reading scriptures or praying or whatever I felt that day and actually recording what was going on. And so it wasn't out there. It wasn't just something that I was thinking up. It was something very real and physical and I could refer back to it later. And because of that consistency and the journaling, I feel like also helped a lot. Those two helped me to maintain and well, retain all of the information and all of the experiences and solidify it into who I am as a person, make it like a core part of my being instead of it just being a an experience that happened one time that I hopefully remember when I have to tell a cool story. Just as you were talking in terms of having this very kind of real and tangible relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, one thing that's been that's on my mind a lot these days is the idea of consecration. And so I'm kind of curious, like for you, as you think about kind of how you approached your mission, how did consecration or, you know, just thinking about your service in the context of your broader relationship with Jesus Christ and Emily Father kind of come into play? There's a lot of ways to serve a mission. Some of them are awesome. Some of them are less awesome and some of them are bad. And when it comes to a consecrated service, at least in my eyes, this isn't like church doctrine or anything, but you have to be doing the right thing. So what you're doing matters, but then also how you do it and why you do it, they all have to be in line with God's will for it to be consecrated. So you can do something, serve a mission, and maybe you're doing it for the right reasons, but how you approach it and how you go about doing it is not so good. And so maybe you don't feel so great about it afterwards or even during it, because it'll happen during, you'll feel not so good. Um, and then you flip, flip that again. If you do it the right way, how you present yourself and how you go about like teaching or serving others, you're serving a mission, but if the purpose behind it is not pure, if it's not, if you don't know why you're out there doing it, then it will not be a changing experience for you personally, because then you're just faking it. And if you're just faking it, then that means that it hasn't gotten to you personally. God can't create a personal relationship with someone who's already put up a barrier and a half, a very thick barrier. There's no way to get in there. And so he just has to patiently wait for you to bring that down and then you can start building a relationship or something like that. I'm still brand new at this. So I say all these things, they're awesome ideas. But again, I, I'm only 20 and I know many more people that could probably listen to what I'm saying and be like, yeah, kind of. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I know I'm kind of there. That's better than not being there at all. So. It's all about like the growing and progression 
you get closer to Christ, that's how you become more converted. You keep going back to Him, you keep choosing Him every day. And that's ultimately what consecration is. It's the how, what, and why all being in line with God's will. And as you were going through your mission, I know it was kind of a challenging area in terms of baptisms and, and so on, but I'm particularly interested just in your interactions with some of the other missionaries themselves. So it's like as you were growing in this way and as you were kind of building this relationship with Jesus Christ that maybe in a much deeper way than it was before your mission, do you feel like you were able to help other missionaries kind of do that? Or what was the kind of interaction or feedback loop between you and some of the other missionaries that you that you served with? That was probably one of my greatest joys was seeing people like start to get it, like understand what the gospel is all about. It's not about all the stuff that we do. It's about feeling good. It's about being happy. It's about Jesus. And it sounds super simple, but all of the stuff that we do in the church, and I said this in my talker and many other places, but it's all just to receive the Holy Ghost. And we want to have, it's worth everything. Because the Holy Ghost is our connection with Jesus, and Jesus is our connection with God. And that's the only way we're able to live eternally as families in happiness. And so if you don't want that right now on earth, why would you want that after you leave earth? That doesn't make any sense. If you don't want to pray for five minutes at home, why would you want to spend eternity with this guy that you've never talked to in your entire life? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So it's all just a process of, okay, well, what do you want? Do you want to grow closer to God? And if you don't know the answer to that, then let's figure out who God is and then maybe you'll figure out if you want to know him or not. And that's how I would approach a lot of, if you want to call it mentoring type of thing, both with members, with missionaries, and even with my family. You can't just go through the motions and expect it to just work out. I mean, I'm sure it does still work out because God is very gracious and kind and loving. But if you want to have a purposeful relationship where he can actually use you as a very skilled and um, able instrument in his hands, then that takes a little bit more than just like kind of hoping for the best and saying, yeah, I hope I make it to heaven. You can know, you can know that you've got a relationship with God and you have to start like at the very beginning and then work your way through. And I'm still there but I'm working my way through, so that's what it's all about, I think. So as this episode comes out, you're actually gonna be headed to Utah um, mm -hmm. to go to school. So what are you going to be studying at BYU? Industrial design is going to be my major for the time being. And I say that because that's what I wanted to do before high school, or before my mission. So I figured that's a good place to start. And if I think something better comes up along the way, then I will not hesitate and make the shift. So I'm not tied to it. And why the interest in industrial design? Like what, what aspects of that kind of appeal to you? Or That's kind of what I was doing junior and senior year of my high school year. Because I went to Freestyle Academy. I don't know, many people probably don't know what it is, but it's just a special program that is for the Los Altos and Mountain View high school students for their junior and senior year. 
you have a lot of amazing resources and very professional people able to help you with creative things. So I chose the design path. Camilla chose the animation path, and there's also a film path. And then you also learn digital skills, and you take your writing class there. And so it all just merges together into this like subculture of high school students that are just willing to try something new, and it's really really cool because they have better stuff than most colleges would have, and it's pretty amazing what they're willing to give you. And how many of you are going to be there at BYU at the same time? There will be three of us at BYU, and Hannah's still at Utah State. So we have now turned the tides, and there's more of us in Utah than there are in California. But Marianne and I have made a pact. We will not be allowed to stay in Utah for more than four years. And hopefully we both keep that pact, because Hannah broke it. She's already been there for longer, but that's okay. We forgive her and love her. Is there somewhere that you're hoping to be after the four years of college there? Do you have your eye on a particular geography? or? When I'm retired and old and actually 80 years old, I want to own a uh, skimboard or a surf shop on the coast of California. Well, well yeah, there you go. That's what I want. Love That'd it. That'd be super awesome. That's very cool. Well, best of luck to you in now, I guess, your freshman year of, of college. And uh, we'll just be looking forward to hearing about how things are going. You know, either if you're kind of back from college at some point and visit the ward or we'll hear, you know, through your parents and so on. But um, just really appreciate the, um, the mission that you served and kind of the wisdom that you gained as part of that. And at least for me personally, it's been really neat to just kind of see you grow up and, you know, see, see you turn into the man that you are. So um, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you.